0: before he died in uh, John chapter 14. If you would turn to John chapter 14 and we're going to look especially at verses 1 through 6 but if you look back in chapter 12 Jesus has told them that he's going to die he's going to be crucified I don't think they really um, either heard or they didn't understand or uh, they just thought yeah okay that's way off in the future maybe they thought But Jesus told them that he's going to die, and they're going to be on their own. And then in the chapter right before 14, we see that Jesus washes their feet, and he tells them that one of them, one of the 12, is going to betray him. Is going to betray him. Can you imagine that one of these close friends of Jesus that have walked with him, that has served with him, was going to betray him? And then later on, one of the disciples says, Lord, I will even die for you. And he says this right before the end of chapter 13. I tell you the truth, the the rooster's not going to crow in the morning until you deny me three times. Can you imagine that that might stir up trouble in the disciples' hearts, right? Uh, Knowing that Jesus said he's going to leave them that he's going to die, that one of them is going to betray him, and that one, probably the most close to him, is going to deny him three times before the next morning. Well, right after that comes these great verses. John 14, 1 through 6. Let's read them together. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas, though, said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. And how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let's pray together. Lord, we pray that you would use these words from from John to just strengthen our hearts today. Speak to us. Show us your provisions that you have for us in times of distress and uh, in times of uncertainty, we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Well, in these scriptures, I want to point out uh, four things that Jesus provides in times of trouble, in times of uncertainties, divine provisions in times of life's uncertainties. Uh, the first thing I want you to notice in verse 1 is Jesus provides peace. Jesus provides peace. Isn't he called the Prince of Peace? Yes. Jesus provides peace. Right there at the very beginning, after all these things that's happened, knowing that it stirred up the disciples' hearts in a way, Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. How can he say that? Well, he says that because he can take that troubled heart and give peace. Jesus provides peace. We just read Psalm 94 verses 18 and 19 earlier. When I thought my foot slip, slips, your steadfast love held me up. Where, when the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. Did you hear that last part? When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. Yes, Jesus gives peace to the weary heart Isaiah 41 verse 10 says this for fear not for I am with you be not dismayed for I am your God I will strengthen you and help you I will uphold you with my righteous right hand and verse 13 says for I the Lord your God hold your right hand it is I who say to you fear not I am the one who helps you Philippians, Paul writes, Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7, Paul writes, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts, your minds in Christ Jesus. Do you see that? Jesus provides peace to the troubled heart. I love that last scripture we read out of Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. He gives us a, an equation for peace here. He gives us, how do you have peace? Well, prayer plus praise equals peace. That's the equation that he gives us there. Did you hear it? Do not be anxious about anything, but by everything, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God, and the peace of God, which persp- passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Do you see that? Prayer plus praise will give us peace. John 16, 33, John says this later in his, his book, These things I have spoken to you, that ye might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. You see, in this troubled world, we can have peace because we have Jesus. Jesus provides peace in the troubled times. John 14, verse 27, he he reiterates that in a much more succinct way. John 14, 27, he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. You see, that's just later on in the same verses that we just read. Let not your heart be troubled, he says in verse 1. And he goes through all this. And then verse 27, he says, peace, I leave with you. Jesus was leaving, yes. He was going to have to die upon a cross. Yes, Judas was going to betray Jesus with a kiss. And yes, Peter was going to deny Jesus three times. But there Jesus said, just just a few verses later, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. The first thing I want you to see is Jesus provides peace. Oh, dear friend, in our troubled times, we need to remember the provisions of God. The first one is he provides peace. The second one in this scripture is he provides a place. He provides a place, an eternal home in the heavens for those who believe in him. Jesus provides a place. I remember early in my ministry here, there, back in 2004, 2004, we had three hurricanes that, that hit us right in a row. Uh, we had um, Francis, and then we had Ivan that came by, and then we had Gene, and I remember at, right after Ivan, the disaster relief group here at Central Baptist Church was called to Pensacola to uh, go and uh, help people that uh, homes were were really bad destroyed during during that hurricane. I remember, I remember on the way we had some people take the church van. You remember the church van we had till last year, and uh, even back then it was the same church van, and. Um, and they, they took off, and I rode with them part of the way. And our pastor, Gary Gates, was going to come along a little bit later in his truck. And he was all by himself. And I, you know, I thought, well, it'd be nice just to have Gary to have someone to ride with him. And so he called me up, and he said, you want to ride with me? I'm about an hour behind you. I said, sure, they'll drop me off, and then you can pick me up, and then I'll ride with you. And so we were right there at Daytona right under the bridge at LTGA you know, Boulevard there, and, and they pulled under the bridge and dropped me off. And I remember they dropped me off, th- and I'm thinking, I'm just going to see them in about six hours from now. I had two things. I had a bottle of water, and I had a half bag of pork rinds. <laughs> Go figure. And they dropped me off. All my other stuff I just left in there, uh, and I, I thought, well, Gary will be along later. I'm just going to go right up here and sit down and, and wait on Gary and um, uh, Pastor Gates and and so there I am with my pork rinds and my water and Gary comes along. Sure enough, 45 minutes later, I get in the uh, truck truck with no. Before he got there, that's right, he didn't pick me up. No, yeah, he did. I'm trying to remember. It's been four, a bunch of years ago, and I go with him a little ways and um uh. He had car trouble, truck trouble. So there I am, though. Um, I get a ride to, to the panhandle where I'm from, to Crestview. And I know people in Crestview, a few people. And, uh, but there I am at Crestview, and they've already made it to Pensacola, and you can't turn around, there's a curfew. And Gary's stuck back in Mariana with a broke truck, and I found myself in Crestview with a bag of uh, a little bit of water, And a quarter of a bag of pork rinds, you know, and I'm thinking, man, I'm in trouble. I've never been stranded in my life. And it doesn't matter that you have a credit card or, you know, a wallet because there's nothing, there's no hotel you can stay in. Uh, All, everybody's thing's closed except Hooters. And I I tell you, I didn't go to Hooters. (laughs) I don't know how they could be open when everything else is closed. But there I am stranded, stranded. You know, I'm thinking, I've never been stranded before. So I call my friends in Niceville, a former pastor of mine, and they said, sure, we'll come get you, and you can stay with us. So I, they come and get me, and I go to their house and stay with them overnight. She had me a toothbrush. She had me deodorant. She had everything I needed right there. Uh, but then they were going to drop me off the next morning. Well, we're talking, and they take me up get on this side of Pensacola, the bridges, and he looks down, and he's on empty. On his gas tank, he forgot to fill up before because I was talking to him, and he forgot to fill up, and so once again, I said, "Well, you got to turn around and you got to get back to a gas station." There was no gas stations open there, and um, so I, there I am stranded again. This side of the bridge, I don't have any more pork rinds, and don't even have any water, and so I was just going to walk across the bridge. You know, it's a pretty long bridge, and the bridge just fell down. All all the things fell down that time. And uh, they wouldn't let me walk across the bridge. So then I'm trying to hitchhike. I'm trying. Anybody have a ride? You know, I go into McDonald's and sure enough, I got a ride with a, a guy that takes me to where I need to go. But I was stranded. I've never felt stranded. And it reminded me that, you know, God provides for us all, even when we're stranded. But I'm here to tell you, we have a place, a home. My former church, there was a guy named Dick Robertson who was the minister of music for many years and he was... The ministry of music there before I came and he still stayed around and was in our choir and I loved him I learned a lot from Dick Robertson but one night during choir practice on a Wednesday night they get a call that their house had burnt down while they were gone and they said the only thing we were able to get out is your grand piano I don't know how they got that out but they did and I remember Dick Robertson this great man of God came to church a week or so later and he was given a testimony and they had just built this nice retirement house and he said this, he said, I learned that no earthly abode is more assured than my heavenly home. This was a nice brick house, but it was total rubbish when he got home that Wednesday night. And he said, I learned that no earthly abode is more assured than my heavenly home. Well, I'm here to tell you that God provide, Jesus provides peace in the troubled heart. He also provides a place. You see, this world is not our home. We're just a passing through, the old song says. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. You see, 2 Corinthians 5 1 says, For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made from hands, eternal in the heavens. Amen. We have a place. We have a place. It's our heavenly home. He says mansions are rooms. My father's house has many rooms, many mansions. Jesus provides peace to a troubled heart. We must remember that this world is not our home. This world is going to have trouble. troubles. Jesus even said earlier, we read later in John 14, I will give you in your world... You will have troubles, tribulations, but take heart, I've overcome the world. You see, we have a heavenly home. Jesus provides peace, Jesus provides a place, and Jesus provides promises here in these verses. Beautiful promises. Actually, there's one promise that's made up of three parts here in verses 2, B, and 3. Did you read it? It says this. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Dear friend, if you are have, have a troubled heart today, I'm here to remind you about these three promises. Jesus said that he's going to prepare our heavenly home. You know... Growing up, I remember if company was coming over, we would clean up the house. Do y'all do that if anybody's coming over? Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. So if you come over to our house, you know, you'll just have to, to, to bear with us sometimes. But, you know, that's a great thought that Jesus is preparing our home. How special is that? That we have a home in the heaven, and Jesus is preparing it for us. The second promise we see there is he will return. He will return and receive the believer. He will return. I've been reading a lot in my Bible study in 2 Peter, um, there at the end of 2 Peter, and he reminds us that he is coming back. You know, Paul says it numerous times. Matter of fact, the Bible, they say for every one a reference to the first coming of Christ when he came and was born in a manger there might be 80 references to the second coming the Bible tells us it's a fact that Jesus Christ is going to return to this earth and one day everything is going to be set straight he will return and receive the believer he goes on to, in, later in uh, Paul's writings to pur- give us a wonderful picture of this, And we'll read it in just a second. But he is preparing our heavenly home. He will return and receive the believer. And the third part of that is the believer will be with him for eternity. What a beautiful threefold promise. He's preparing us a home. He will return and receive us. And we will be with him forever. Listen to 1 Thessalonians 4 verses 14 through 18. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring him those who have slept in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel, and with a trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet our Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort each other with these words. Oh, what a comfort it is to know that we find peace in Jesus, that He's provided us a place, and that He gave us here in these scriptures great promises that he's preparing us a place. He will come again and receive us, and we will be with him for eternity. The last thing I want you to see, the fourth promise here, is that Jesus provides the path. Jesus provides the path. Notice that I, the others, I, he provides a place, he provides, he provides peace, he provides a place, he pro- provides a promise, But here I said, Jesus provides the way. (laughs) It's not a way, is it? Jesus provides the way to the Father. This may sound pretty, (laughs) um, pretty hard that there's just one way. Well, I'm preaching it because Jesus said it. Amen. Jesus said, I am the way. Read it right there. In verse 6, Jesus said to him, You know, Thomas is wonderful, isn't he? He's one of the only ones that maybe has the courage to be honest with everything. Uh, we see that through scripture. Sometimes he's dubbed doubting Thomas. I think it's inquiring Thomas more than anything. Thomas says in verse 5, Jesus said, And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. In verse 4, and then five, verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, We do not know where you're going. And how can we know the way? He's very honest. And Jesus answered, I'm glad Thomas asked the question, aren't you? Because it gives us a great verse here in verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What a wonderful words that is i am very reminiscent of what he said in the old testament is he i am who i am it means he's all sufficient in any part of our life i am he says i myself and only i was is and will eternally be the only if we if we parse the verbs there it's very emphatic it's very uh it means all that. It means I, myself, and only I, was, is, and will eternally be the only way. The only truth. And the only life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Yes, he is the way, the road, the journey, the path. He is the path to God. You want to get to God, a holy God? You have to go through Jesus. Jesus. You have to believe in Jesus, that he died on the cross to provide the path for righteousness. He is the way. He is the truth. This is the opposite of illusion. It's reality, it's sincerity, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. You see, if you hear that there's a truth and it goes against God's word, against the teachings of Jesus, it's a lie. Jesus himself is the truth. In him, we find the way, we find the truth, and we find the life. Let me read a couple of scriptures. Acts 4.12, Jesus is the way. Acts 4.12 says this, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven among, given among men by which we must be saved. No other name but the name of Jesus. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. John 1, verses 1 through 4, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things that were made through Him, and without Him was nothing, anything made that was made. In Him was life, and in the light, He was the light of men. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the only Son from the Father. Full of grace and truth. That's verse 14. I went ahead and added that with there. He is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. First Corinthians 15, 20 through 22. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as, a man, by, as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection from the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also... In Christ shall all be made alive. You see, Jesus, he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. There's a story about Albert Einstein. He was going on a train to an out-of-the-town engagement that he had to speak. And the conductor was coming down the aisle punching tickets. And Albert Einstein, the genius that he was, couldn't find his ticket. He didn't remember where he put it. He's looking in his briefcases. He's looking in his pockets. He's looking in his coat pockets. He can't find his ticket. And the conductor stopped and punched the ticket right beside him. And and then he noticed that Dr. Einstein was preoccupied trying to find this ticket. He was even down on the floor looking to see if he had dropped it. The conductor said, Mr. Einstein, we all know who you are. We're sure, we sure you brought a ticket. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine. The conductor walked on down the aisle, punching other tickets. And then when he was heading back, he noticed that Einstein's still looking for his ticket. And he goes to him and said, Mr. Einstein, we told you. You don't have to worry about it. We know who you are. We're sure you bought a ticket. Don't worry about it. And Einstein looked up from the floor and he said, Dear sir, I also know who I am. What I don't know is where I'm going. (laughs) And he needed that ticket to find his way. Well, I'm here to tell you, do you know where you're going? Here in this building, I hope we all know for a fact that we have made our way through Jesus Christ listening at home or wherever you're at? Do you know where you're going when you die? There's one thing for sure that we, the Bible says <laughs> that we have appointment. He says that for death and then the judgment. is appointed for man once to die and after this the judgment. We don't know the circumstances of any of that, but we know Jesus has promised this. So you know where you're going? I want to share real quickly in closing three steps of forgiveness and to find eternal life. We've heard them hundreds of times, probably some of us. First, we must agree with God that we're a sinner, that we need a Savior. Man, I look around, you know, 30 years ago when I started ministry, you really didn't have to do a whole lot to convince someone that they were a sinner. That they needed a Savior? Well, dear friend, today it's a, little more hard, it's a little harder to convince somebody that they even have a need. A need for a Savior. The Bible says, For all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. All we like sheep have gone astray and went our own way. Hmm. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Dear friend, we all need to admit that we're a sinner. We need to agree with God that what he says is sin is sin, and that we have broken his commandments. And not only that have we chosen to bro- break his commandments, we were born with a need of a savior. We were born in, in a state of sinfulness. The Bible tells us that uh, we have two needs. We have a nature that's a sinful nature that we're born with, and we've all chosen to go against one of God's precepts. We're sinners by choice and by nature. We need to admit and agree with God that we're a sinner. We need to believe that Jesus is God's Son and that Jesus came to this world to die on a cross, a cross a sinner's death. Not because he deserved it, but because we did. He died in our place. Oh, well, dear friend, do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus rose from the dead? That he defeated death and hell? And praise God, we can benefit from that if he's our Lord and Savior. We do benefit from that. Hmm. We also need to confess Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. 1 John 1.9, if we confess with our mouth, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's a willful act to admit you're a sinner. We must believe with our full whole heart that Jesus is who he said he is. He is God's son. He, he died upon the cross in our place. He rose again, defeating death and hell. We must confess him as our Lord. Matthew 10, verses 32 and 33. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge them before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny him to my Father in heaven. You see, friend, there is a way, there is truth, there is a life, and it's Jesus Christ. Do you know him today? If not, I pray that you admit, you believe, that you will confess him as Lord and Savior. Let's pray together. Lord, we do thank you for this time together, this this morning. Lord, we thank you for the truths of your scripture. Lord, we come before you today with troubled hearts in many ways. Lord, we pray that even today you provide peace. Peace that only comes from you, the Prince of Peace. Lord, today we, we pray that you would remind us that those who believe in you have a place, a heavenly home. Lord, we're just pilgrims here. And Lord, we, we take comfort in that, knowing that no matter what happens to us here on earth, Lord, our salvation is secure in you and our everlasting life is secure in you. We thank you that you give us a promise That you love us. That you've gone to prepare us a place. That you will receive us. You will return and receive us. And Lord that you are with us for eternity. We thank you for that great promise today. We thank you that there is a path to the Father. And that it's through you. Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray for all of us who have been together today, whether here in person or online. We pray that you've spoken to us. And Lord, we pray that we would respond to your word today. Respond in faith. Respond in trust. We respond in a praise to you today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand together, and I picked a a song, I Surrender All, for us to sing together.